You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. As the NBA trade deadline gets closer and closer, there's still a lot of chatter, as my guest Sean Cunningham today on the Locked On Kings podcast would call it, around the Sacramento Kings, if they're going to be buyers, if they're going to be sellers, and how much it really matters what moves they make. Can they really make a big splash, or is there such thing as a big splash for the Sacramento Kings team in the state that they are in right now? Sean Cunningham from ABC10 is going to join me on today's podcast to talk about that, plus the Tyrese Halliburton versus LaMelo. Ball Rookie of the Year race, all on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. Before my conversation with Sean, of course, I have to talk about the fact that Tyrese Halliburton is a back-to-back Western Conference Rookie of the Month. Now, LaMelo Ball is also the back-to-back Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month, which just solidifies that it's basically LaMelo Ball versus Tyrese Halliburton for the Rookie of the Year race as of right now. A lot of season left, but as of right now, it's LaMelo versus Tyrese. And honestly, I would tell you that LaMelo Ball has pulled away in my mind. I actually don't think it's very close between Ball and Halliburton right now. Sean Cunningham will share his opinions on that, plus a lot more on today's conversation. Please enjoy it, and I'll talk to you on the other side. Well, I've had the pleasure of calling him a friend and a colleague for the last six years or so, and now in some loose way, I guess I could call him a co-worker. Sean Cunningham back with me here on the Locked On Kings podcast. Now that Tegna has taken over the Locked On Podcast Network, we are part of their umbrella. I'm looking forward to doing more with both Sean and Lena Washington of ABC10 here in Sacramento. But Sean is always kind enough to join me on the Locked On Kings podcast, has done so for years. Uh, Sean, I just celebrated the four-year anniversary of hosting the Locked On Kings podcast. I know you appeared when Jason Ross was hosting it. Uh, now you've uh, appeared for the upteenth time with me. I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to talking Kings with you, my man. Yeah, and it's funny, Matt. I know, uh, first of all, congratulations on that. It's, it's, uh, it's great to have the Locked On family under the Tegna uh, umbrella. Tegna, for those who don't know, does own ABC10. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exciting new venture for you guys and for us as well on the TV and um, I, I'm fortunate that it's not somebody that is that we're all of a sudden partnered with that we don't necessarily have a previous relationship for. I just I am maybe looking at this uh, pandemic as a little bit of a blessing in disguise because it's not for uh, the 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 pandemic. We might see Matt trying to invade our posh sports suite and putting his feet up on our on our seats there. <laughs> as soon as those doors are open to me, man, the feet are going up. I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if if that's the little concession we have to give to open the world back up, I'm I'm willing to do so. I don't ask for a lot, but comfy uh, comfy places to put my feet up. That is that is 
priority number one for me. But I'm excited to explore this partnership more. Looking forward to that. But I'm also excited just to talk general kings with you. And, Sean, you've been through a boatload of seasons like this. The ups and downs. The ups and downs this season, though, seem a little more extreme, right? From that 3-1 and one start uh, against really uh, solid teams, both the Suns uh, and the um uh, and the Denver Nuggets. Then they lose, what is it, 9 of, of 10 or something like that, 9 of 12. Uh, and then they win 7 of 8, and now they go on a 9-game losing streak and have won one of their last uh, 10 or 11. These ups and downs have just been extreme this season. And through that all, I have to imagine Monty McNair is sitting there in the front office going, okay, what do I have here? What do I do with this group? The majority of it is not mine. I'm very interested to see where he decides to go as this uh, as the trade deadline gets closer going into next offseason, he has a lot of decisions to make. Yeah, I mean, there's lots to unpack there. I mean, I think first off, yes, you're right, Matt. I mean, I've been doing this a long time, and there's uh, a lot of losing. And to give people who might not know a little bit of my background, my first year was 2001. So if you want to say first year, at least covering the Kings, getting that taste of covering the NBA and the Kings um, with – uh, and, and with where you work uh, currently at Sports 1140 KHDK in Sacramento, um, you could technically say it's my fault because I started when things were at the peak of the organization that's been downhill since then. Uh, I've covered a, you know the good and the bad, and uh, I've also had to cover NBA Finals, so I know what you know it looks like with the the success that the Warriors have had. But the one thing that is unbelievable to me, and that is completely unique to this season, I have never seen a team have, as you mentioned, these streaks of winning and losing, to have it on both sides of the ledger. And I think I mentioned it to you and maybe some interviews I've done over the past few weeks where it's maybe at best all that really shows us is that at best this Kings team is a 500 basketball team. Mm. Now that might, you know, people might bristle at that a little bit, but the one thing I think to, to, to bring up is the fact that what this season ought to teach people is you, this organization has been plagued with losing and has not been to the playoffs since 07, I believe it is. And when you have a stretch that long, as in the words of the great public enemy, don't believe the hype. Don't, you have to see it first. Like mm-hmm. you, you can't get to, like, you know, Luke Walton might be, and I know people bristle at this. He might be the perfect coach for this team in this regard. It's never too high. It's never too low. He has a very Zen-like quality to him where he doesn't get, let things bother him one way or the other. I know some people probably don't like that about him, but with this team, it might just be perfect because I asked him that very question, which was like, Hey Luke, considering you had lost nine of 11 and now in this stretch where you have won seven of eight, um, how much do you want your guys to enjoy this? But how much also do you want to be like, you think this is good? Like you haven't done anything yet. So like, where's that balance? And to me, I think fans are as guilty of it as anybody. And obviously, I treat fans different than what we see on social media because social media is just a bunch of vile. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's one way or the other. It's going to be too far one way or too far the other in positivity or negativity. So you don't want to gauge the, 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 take the temperature of your, of your fan base by Twitter or by social media because it's going to be too far one way or the other. So in that regard, Matt, it, I think it has to deal with each individual's expectations. And you alluded to Monty McNair, and we're you know about a little less than now than a month away from the trade deadline. Where are the Sacramento Kings? Well, the Sacramento Kings currently sit at what 13 and 21 now, heading into a back-to-back with the Lakers and the Blazers to cut, to to finish out the season. 
then yeah, there might be some decisions to be made. But I think if you listen very closely, and I'm not somebody who's going to tell you I know Monty McNair very well. In fact, I've never met him before in my life. I've never spent time with him outside of a face-to-face thing on the computer. But the one thing I think, no matter what the record is right now, what would you have laid out as your plans for the season? And I would bet you that Monty McNair, aside from wanting to maintain flexibility, would have looked at and said, all right, we want to make sure that Marvin Bagley can show that he's a basketball player, can show that he can improve, that he can stay healthy. So, uh, we've seen that in both good and bad of Marvin, but for the most part, I would say it's an overwhelming positive thing um, in terms of just the you, – you kind of see something there. You see some growth. You see some development. Put that aside. You look at what De'Aaron Fox has done. We just – we as the organization, as the Kings, have just committed a lot of money and a lot of resources and years in our future to De'Aaron Fox. Well, he was in the all-star conversation for a stretch. I would say most people would say this is a career year for De'Aaron Fox. Put that aside. We have a head coach that I did not hire who has another year guaranteed beyond this year. We gave him uh, every resource he needs, including give him Alvin Gentry to be his associate head coach. Some might think he might be his replacement. Whatever you might think it is, his contract is in line with what Luke Walton's is. So they spent money in a year that they're not making any money. And they're, to be, able, to be completely honest, they're bleeding money. Yep. All right? So having Luke under those, in those set of principles, there it is. You have Marvin Bagley starting as the power forward, not the center. They want to see a, a bigger sample size there. They want to see a bigger sample size with Rashawn Holmes. My point being that, oh, and I forgot to leave out, they have a rookie who is obviously in the conversation for not only rookie of the year, but looking like he could be a franchise changer for this team uh, alongside some of these pieces. And they want to make sure he plays and plays at bulk minutes. Um, so if that's your your outset for the year, all those boxes I think are checked overwhelmingly to the positive, right? I don't know that you would disagree with me there, but then you look at the record being what it is. I think if I'm Monty McNair, this is exactly what we've expected. Maybe few few wins short of maybe what we but it could. I think they also could look at it as they could be a lot worse from where they are. So I think development is still the overall theme of this team. I think Monty McNair knows he doesn't have a very deep or talented team, and he inherited. It's his first. He's finally getting his feet wet with this. His biggest thing is to maintain flexibility going forward. So I think they're checking the boxes. That could be a tough pill to swallow for a lot of Kings fans to hear that, but you have to understand where they are with the first-year general manager. To me, I almost completely agree with you. The one area that I might disagree a little bit is the fact that I don't think McNair or, or the Kings or anybody expected the extreme ups and downs that we've seen, almost to the point where, Sean, when the Kings had rattle off seven wins in, in eight straight games and looked like they, they could have won eight, they only lost to Miami uh, by one point, suddenly we had an article from The Athletic come out where Sam Mamick is saying, well, now the Kings are considering actually being buyers of the trade deadline and potentially trying to go for it. I don't know if that was a position necessarily Monty McNair and the Kings expected to be in going into the year. I know Luke Walton and the players were hopeful of achieving that, uh, but maybe that's that surprised McNair. That being said, now that yeah, but okay, let me stop you there, Matt. But did they? Did they what? They obviously didn't. They didn't make any moves. The only thing they did was they cut Glenn Robinson. Right. No. Exactly. And and that's to my point is at that time it was like okay maybe should the Kings consider changing their approach to the trade deadline and now thankfully we've but that's had chatter. 
That's that's all that is is chatter. You know what I mean? Like that's not. I hear I hear where you're kind of gearing up to a little bit, but at the same time, it's so early in the season at that point, mm-hmm. and 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 that's just all that is is idle chatter. Mm-hmm. Like how long have we heard for, over the past month or so that that Hassan Whiteside could be on the? That's chatter. That's all that is. Until it actually happens, it's meaningless. So in your mind, if you were to try and put yourself into the mind of Monty McNair, which, again, the only real thing that he gave us from the the jump was the fact that he wanted to maintain uh, flexibility, and we assume that means uh, in his his payroll, making sure he has as much cap space as possible to eventually make a a big splash move. That's one of the main things that he told us. In your mind, do you believe Monty McNair had the expectations and maybe even the desire for the Kings to be sellers all along at this trade deadline with the contracts like Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heal that they have on this payroll right now? Well, I'll answer it another way, a different way. I think Monty McNair, who we talked about the flexibility, is he knows he can make it. He knows that there could be moves to be made, but it's not going to be at the sacrifice of the ultimate goal and development, which is to develop this team. So mm-hmm. there's an expectation to compete. There's an expectation that, yeah, playoffs would be the ultimate goal and to, to try to, Blake, to to snap that streak. And if, if all goes well, that could be great. But it's not at the expense of developing this team. I think that still is the um, the overall presiding theme. Now, again, you know, much like what we mentioned with the fans, you you, you lose nine of eleven, you win seven of eight, and now you've lost ten of eleven again. Um, those those sways one way or the other are very rare and very odd. But you don't win seven of eight and all of a sudden look at yourself as like, well, maybe we're contending. Maybe we're doing this. You still, it's part of the course. You have to break up the season into these little sample sizes. And to me, you know, you're still, we're still, here we are talking about this. We're not even to the all-star break yet. There's still, what, two, three games out of the 10th spot? Right. So, I mean, there is an expectation to be competitive. But if there was ever a season to develop, not worry about contending, um, whatever it may be, this is the year. You're not filling the stands with fans. Um, not to say that you want to shun your fan. Not, that's not what I'm saying, but you're bleeding money. So adding on contracts that don't make sense to make a push for the eighth seed or to make a push for a play-in tournament, like what is that? That's, that's idle. That's, that, that doesn't mean anything. Just because you hear some national chatter doesn't mean that that's actually what's happening. It's just that all of a sudden you have pieces that people are starting to pay attention to. And again, Hassan Whiteside, him leaving town or them bringing in another piece that would be uh, different that it's not a difference maker that's going to really add a whole lot. So mm-hmm. I, I, I would be wary. I would be very wary of it. I think you have to look at your team on the surface and realize much like I said about 10 minutes ago, which is maybe at best you're a 500 basketball team. Most people, Matt, look at the playoffs. And if you're the eighth spot in the playoffs as a total utter disaster failure for their organization, right. I know that would be a, a step in the right direction for this team. And I know this fan base is starved for the playoffs, but the ultimate goal is to win a championship. So you're not contending there. You're so far from that. And obviously this team has so many flaws. You can't bring in one guy that's going to change anything. So I don't think Monty McNair is going to, or even Vivek Ranadive for that matter, is going to look at anything as a player out there as being a difference maker, using any of the pieces that they have, which obviously they have, I think the most attractive piece that they have is honestly <laughs> – their their draft picks going forward, mm-hmm. um, especially being a team that's going to likely be in the lottery. So um, you, you haven't sacrificed any of that. And again, it's a 
tough, tough thing for Kings fans to hear. And I get it. I mean, I grew up in this town. I'm from this town. I've covered this team a long, long time. you got to give McNair and company uh, the chance to, to retool. And the fact is we don't know what he's really thinking. We don't really know what he looks like. I think we have to take him at face value when he says maintain flexibility, but also be realistic about where you are with this team. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me who's just trying to make it through the day tension-free, sitting at a desk, staring at a computer, Theragun can help. This thing is amazing. I swear by it. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension. Using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stress of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. This thing is amazing. It's like a $150 elite massage that you could get in your hand. It is so worth it. It helps me out. I have a lot of shoulder tension especially with the amount of time I spend at a computer. This Theragun, 10 minutes, I'm feeling so much better. The OLED screen and design makes you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site, check it out, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. It is worth it. Trust me. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. Again, that's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models, Pacifica, XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I don't even know what that means. And why wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand that his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. You can get the exact parts that you need at the click of a button. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com 
To me, the biggest win this season has been the emergence of Tyrese Halliburton. And of course, that's a feather in McNair's cap as his first draft pick as a GM and his first major draft pick with the Sacramento Kings was Halliburton. He and Fox have seemingly uh, gelled well together in their time on the floor. And then to me, the, the second biggest win, I'd call it win 1B, like you brought up, is, is the fact that Marvin Bagley has been playing, he's been developing, and for the most part, he's been staying healthy. We haven't had to talk about his health other than, I think, one game that he missed. Let me ask you this, Sean. As Monty McNair is trying to establish his his core and pick his core out of this still largely Vlade Divac roster that he inherited, Tyrese mm-hmm. and Fox are absolutely in that core. Is Marvin Bagley there yet to where, not necessarily untouchable, because I don't like that word because nobody should be untouchable on a bad basketball team, but is, right. is Bagley in that core to you? I think he's in the core because I don't think, okay, he, I think he's in the core, but you're right. He's far from untouchable. He's not untouchable. Um, the reason I think he's in that core is simply for the fact that this is essentially his second NBA season. Um, if you were to move from Marvin Bagley right now, what are you getting? Maybe maybe a late first rounder at best, I imagine. Right. So you need, you need to see Marvin Bagley through as a top five pick just three years ago, right? You need to see it through. Um, you've got the time to develop him. He's so incredibly young. Uh, and, and look, the, the one thing uh, we've talked about it for years, um, in his rookie year under a head coach like Dave Yeager, um, Marvin Bagley was on the floor and a contributing member and among their best players when the, they were at their best. And when he was hurt, the Kings were at their worst those years. So um, to me, it's, it's far too early to move on to even picture moving on from someone like Bagley, because what are you getting? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's always the, to me, the, the, the ultimately, what are you getting? I mean, you, you, you're not talented enough to pass on talent and trust me, if the Kings were ever going to look to do that, there's going to be many people looking to um, step in and try and find a, a talent like Marvin Bagley because there's a lot of potential there. So um, to answer the question, no, I mean, he's probably not uh, untouchable. Nobody is, but he's definitely part of the core because if the Kings are to get better, they've already hitched their wagon to Marvin Bagley. You have to see it through. Um, this isn't a Yorgos Papayana situation. This is far from even Escal Labissiere, uh, who was a late draft pick. This is far from even Willie Cauley-Stein. This is a guy who has shown the amount to be a very talented, high-ceiling basketball player. And as long as he can stay healthy and hopefully not be a soft player, um, there should be a lot to like, and things should track well. But those are things that you never – you can't tell the future on. You don't know – you know, I mean, look, most guys who have incredible work ethics tend to – uh, tend to play out well in the NBA. Um, and I can, I think you and I would both agree that yes. Marvin, along with someone like Buddy Heald, who's had, to me, just a very puzzling two years uh, under Luke Walton, uh, those are two of the hardest workers on this team. So um, it, it's, a, it's a little bit of a conundrum, uh, but we, we've seen both those players be right under a different coach. So I'm not saying change the coach or change Luke Walton. I mean, certainly we've seen coaches get fired for less of, of of what's going on this season. So it wouldn't be a surprise, but um, you just can't afford in the NBA to, uh, to, to throw away talent like that, especially when it's untapped and you don't know what it could be. 
I think it's also a positive for Monty McNair, too, the fact that he didn't draft Marvin Bagley, so you still want to see out that pick, but it's almost like he's playing with house money there. He inherited a former number yeah. two overall pick who has barely played because of injuries, but if, if Bagley doesn't end up working out and not living up to it, it's more harm on the fans and more harm on the, the Kings than it is on Monty McNair because that wasn't his draft pick, while meanwhile Tyrese Halliburton is balling out on a nightly basis. And I think that almost gives... Uh, a clean slate in a way to Marvin knowing, Hey, you have an opportunity to, to earn chances here. The team is going to be behind you because you're a former number two overall pick, but the, the fate of the general manager is not tied to you. No, it isn't. And you're right. And I think that's a good point to make because, um, but, but, but it also is a hell of a, uh, of a boost. If it, if it does work out, you know, it's something like, man, at least I have this, you know, Uh, look, Monty McNair wants Marvin Bagley to succeed in the worst way possible to make his job a hell of a lot easier. He's definitely not rooting against his player um, <laughs> because, look, Marvin only helps himself by getting better, whether it be in Sacramento or elsewhere. So even if if Monty McNair took, takes this job knowing that, oh, my God, I hated Marvin Bagley. Why the hell did they take Marvin Bagley? I don't want, to, I don't want him on this team. He needs to play well in order to, be, to, to, to cut ties, to get value for him. Um, you don't want to hurt a player's value. These are all investments assuming and that's a big assuming with everything that's been going on and how quickly things can change especially this season for the kings assuming the trade deadline on the 25th the kings approach it and they decide to be sellers sean in your mind with this being what sounds like it's going to be a heavy buyer's market with a lot of teams trying to work their way into whether it's the play-in tournament or teams trying to solidify themselves and put together a a, a, uh Uh, NBA Finals run, especially in the Eastern Conference, which is wide open, maybe even the Western Conference uh, with uh, how the Los Angeles Lakers are are dealing with some injuries right now. It sounds like it's going to be a heavy buyer's market. Assuming the Kings are going to be one of a few sellers, do you think that's a position of advantage in your mind that Monty McNair and the Kings could potentially exploit to get maximum value out of pieces, or am I reading too much into that? Um. I mean, I can see the speculation, but I don't. I think you're reading too much into it. Okay. Um, I think we've already kind of, you know, established at least in my mind that look, if you're if you're trying to make a move to compete for the eight spot, you're doing it wrong. Right. Um, so I don't. I don't think that they're going to be buying. If they're buying, I think that they're they're doing so beyond this year. Acquire draft picks. Acquire a. Uh, I'll, I'll use someone like a Tobias Harris as an example. Not that I think that Philly's going to move him. I, I really don't. But a contract like somebody who has a pretty big contract, maybe a team that's not doing as well as the Sixers, but someone they've showed interest in the past and uh, obviously under a pre- previous regime, but somebody that's already uh, has a, a pretty long-term contract set up that they feel can help propel them forward. Uh, even look at someone like Zach Levine. Not that Zach Levine is going to be traded by any means. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But someone they've shown interest in the past, someone that um, would fit a mold here, has a long contract. Chicago might be looking at hitting a, a rebuild, whatever, without Zach Levine. Just something like that. I'm using those examples. I'm not saying Kings are interested in either one, right. but just you know, hear me if hearing that out. Secondarily, do I think they're going to be sellers? Perhaps, but I don't think their pieces are that attractive. Mm. Um, I don't think you're going to see the likes of a Buddy Heald um, get traded, and I don't think they should trade Buddy Heald. I don't. Um, the one that I think I've told you every, you know, no disrespect to Harrison, and thank God he's, you know, having a career year for him, and good for him, and he's tremendous player but i just think he's the wrong type of player for this team right now um i don't like the contract i didn't like the the free agent signing at the time um but he's been a fantastic player but the team isn't any good so i see as him as a player who can help another team but what are you getting so 
Can you get a first-round pick for him? Can you get one of those players? You know, he's obviously got a very bloated contract. Can you get a player that can help you? Or is it strictly just a salary dump to where you get an expiring piece and help out a good team that make their playoff push? Maybe like a, uh, a Phoenix or something of that nature where someone can bolster their roster and make it look like that, that they belong. Or even someone like the Warriors who are around the 6-7 area maybe be able to make a push. Um, I'm not so sure. I don't know that – look, I don't know that Hassan Whiteside – um, certainly while I think he can help some teams out there, I don't know that there's a lot of teams that are going to be in line to try to, to add someone like him because I think they would have already done it. Mm. I mean, the guy's on a minimum deal, and he came to Sacramento. Uh, and, and, and we obviously, Matt, have seen how he can impact the game on a defensive air, on a defensive side of the ball. I mean, he, he not only impacts, but he changes the momentum of the game. Teams have to adjust to him in, in, in situations. So you look like the aforementioned Phoenix Suns, like I had mentioned a minute ago, um, you look at even the Miami Heat, where he's obviously fits in that system. I could absolutely see that. But outside of that, do I see him helping in, uh, any other team? I don't think there's going to be an aggressive market for him. And at best, what are you getting? I mean, that's not, you know, you're not really getting anything for it. So um, it's not like you're going to get a whole lot for her, for um, Hassan Whiteside. I don't know that outside of maybe players like that, that there's going to be anything that can really help uh, a basketball team. Obviously, the one that kind of sticks out the most is Nemanja Bielitsa. Mm-hmm. What do you get for him? Uh, I think he can certainly help some teams. I think Philly makes the most sense. I think even, you know, the Heat makes the most sense. And I even think the Warriors make a lot of sense. But but what are you getting? Um, so I don't think you're really getting much in return for some of these guys. Even someone like Corey Joseph, who, you know, there, there could be a market for small. But what do you get? I mean, a second-round pick? Like, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot for him. So I don't know that that – makes you a seller per se because outside of someone like Harrison Barnes getting moved um, the other other pieces with all due respect to those players are rather ancillary you've got the NBA you've got college basketball you've got NHL hockey baseball right around the corner USL and MLS soccer coming bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of that sports action not to mention there is NFL offseason bets galore surrounding the draft prop bets, things like that. You can also bet on awards, TV shows, reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. The Locked On Podcast Network actually has a show called Locked On Bets dedicated to helping you make money on betonline.ag, and that's a free resource for you. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today you'll receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n get off the sidelines get in on the action make some money at bet online your online sportsbook experts What about Rashawn Holmes, Sean? A kind of a two-part mm-hmm. question here, because Rashawn is looking at probably a, a, a pretty healthy payday this summer. I would argue it's very well-deserved since being signed by the Kings to a bargain deal, he has emerged as a, a, the starting center and a, and a starting caliber center. I think he's proven that. We know the center market is kind of weird, at least has been in free agency over the last couple of years. Some bigger names not getting as much money as, as maybe you would expect and others getting more money uh, than you would expect. So we're not really sure what Rashawn Holmes's value is going to be we also don't know 
if Monty McNair views Rashawn Holmes as a long-term option, especially with Marvin Bagley still here. So the two-part question, number one is, do you see a potential solid long-term fit between Bagley and Rashawn Holmes, their ability to play together uh, continuously to warrant a payday for Rashawn and to bring him back uh, here to Sacramento? And if not, do you think the Kings, it would be in their best interest to try and maximize his, uh, Holmes' value right now in the trade market, whatever that might look like? Yeah, I think he'd explore it. I'm glad you asked about him because that's it's, it's exactly why we've seen so much of Marvin Bagley before. They needed a stronger sample size of those two guys playing together. Um, he's the biggest mystery. Uh, obviously, he's going to be he's going to have a little bit of a payday. He's going to have more money coming his way, and, and good for him. I mean, talk about a guy that's absolutely worked his tail off to to make an impact and earn that starting spot on this team. So um, it's a it's a great feel good story. I think that they they need to make they, they need to see more of it. I don't know that moving him. I mean, certainly if they move him midseason, I think that would be a very um, surprising move because I still think they want to see more of Bagley and 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 Rashawn Holmes together. But that being said, uh, if there's a market for him, you got to explore it. Now, I just don't know what kind of market there'll be because he's obviously a guy that's going to be a free agent in the off season. So. Um, to me, if you're Sacramento, you, you, I don't think you have enough of a sample size to make that decision. So you kind of have to see this play out. Uh, and that's a reason why you're not seeing so much Bagley at the five. But if they do move back from that, that's when I wonder what they'll do with Bagley. Because I personally, I think we've talked about this, I'd rather see Marvin Bagley play the five. I think he's more impactful at the five. Certainly he's a guy who's learning to stretch the floor, but there's no reason you can't do that uh, at the five position. So um, I, I definitely uh, would rather see him. I think he's had better performances at the five. And I think we just all know he's a center. So, um, but to see them play together, I think there's still something that they're trying to explore there. I just, again, to, to your question, Matt, I don't know what you get for a guy who's facing free agency. You know, I don't know what you get in a guy like Rashawn Holmes that, you know, who's he putting over the top? A lot of these play, if you look at the teams in the playoffs, and I'm just trying to go off the top of my head here, I don't see, look, there's not a lot of teams that are that are contenders and they're competing who don't have their five spot pretty well situated, mm-hmm. even even in depth. So um, to have him go somewhere where he's you know kind of a backup five, uh, you know, could be could be a little bit tough to see. Regardless of if it's any of the Kings guys that we mentioned or Bradley Beal, getting a gauge on on the full spectrum of player value in this upcoming trade deadline is going to be really interesting and I think really, really fun to follow. I can't wait to, for the 25th just to see what kind of chaos, if anything. It could be a very quiet year. It could be you're really— expecting, It sounds like you're expecting chaos. I'm expecting something. I would love it. I'm just I'm I'm warming my thumbs up already for constantly refreshing social media and waiting for the Woj versus Shams war that's going to be happening uh, for everybody to break these nudes of these trades. But I also wouldn't be blown away either, Sean, if it's quiet. Like if, if a lot of teams negotiate, there's a lot of phone calls and behind the scenes stuff and rumors, but nothing actually comes of it because a lot of teams are just kind of jockeying for position and more wanting to stay put than than flip a coin and gamble, especially in this weird COVID year. So I think we're in for some yeah. some either. Quiet fireworks or loud fireworks? If there is such thing as quiet fireworks on a uh, on, on this trade deadline day, yeah. Like I mean, you mentioned Bradley Beal, and I mean, I don't. I mean, obviously, I don't think that's a, one of those moves, but I think we're going to see some activity. I just don't think it's going to be what people may have have expected based off of this year. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of little moves. I don't think there's that Carmelo Anthony, you know, 
there's not that. I just don't think there's that move out there right now. Yeah. I could be wrong. I mean, it's oftentimes the, the what is that? The uh, I don't remember the expression, but something about idle hands. And, and you know, sometimes when, when there's not much going, idle hands start to, I, you get what I'm saying. I mean, I think that, I think that maybe because we're not hearing so much about it, maybe all of a sudden there might be a flurry of activity. But I think people are really going to want to hold on to their draft picks. I don't know that, I, I, you know, the pandemic certainly plays a plays a role. Um, I, I've kind of wondered just on the periphery here, you know, how much of the G League is going to play a part? We're starting mm. to see some call-ups around the league. We're starting to see some interesting names. Um, the one I was kind of hoping to see, uh, selfishly in Sacramento was, was something like Isaiah Thomas, not necessarily for Sacramento, but obviously a guy that has Sacramento ties. And we're all kind of wanting to see if he, if he can help one of these teams out there. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence. I just really don't think that there's going to be a flurry of activity, but I wonder how much the G League will play a role. We'll wrap up with this, Sean. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton and LaMelo Ball, both back-to-back rookies of the month. Uh, I don't know the last time that's happened, if ever, but certainly great to see Tyrese Halliburton up there. He definitely deserves it. A month ago, I would have defended Tyrese Halliburton to the very end as a favorite or neck-and-neck with LaMelo Ball to win Rookie of the Year. Now, not to be a Debbie Downer, but it feels like, especially with the way the Kings have been playing versus the Hornets, it feels like LaMelo Ball has pulled away significantly. I feel like it's not very close right now. Of course, there's still a ton of season left, but where are you at right now with the prospective rookie of the year race? Is it definitely between those two, or is there another one in there, and is LaMelo further than um, than Tyrese in your mind? Uh, yeah, LaMelo is definitely further ahead of Tyrese. Uh, and uh, it's, it's I mean, the guy has taken a huge step forward. And, and to answer your question, you know, Michael Carter-Williams was a back-to-back rookie in the month. Okay. Um, so who obviously became rookie of the year too. So um, not that, that played too well, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, not taking anything away from Tyrese Halliburton, look like LaMelo and the Hornets are pushing for a playoff spot in the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're, they're still, they're still a contending team. Not to say that the Kings season is completely done and, you know, we still got a lot of ways to go, but I think LaMelo has absolutely distanced himself from Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, both two, these guys entered the starting lineup. They're playing, not to say that Tyrese has to be in the starting lineup because I think that's more by design. I mean, the Kings don't have a outside of De'Aaron Fox and, and, and himself and Tyrese Albert, there's no other playmaker. So to me, it makes more sense for him to come off the bench. He's still playing a ton of minutes. So I think that's the important thing. Especially him, um, going down the stretch, I, I think you see some stretch of games. He's playing in those crucial moments. So to me, it doesn't matter if he starts. I'd almost rather him not start. I know there's a lot of people that want to see him start. And to remind people, LaMelo Ball uh, only took over the starting lineup, because, went to the starting lineup because Devontae Graham got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Devontae Graham doesn't get hurt, it'll probably happen organically at some point. But that's the only reason he ended up going into the starting lineup. So, uh, And he's, he's both players are tremendous. Uh, they've been fun to watch. There's a lot of similarities. I mean, both these guys make so many great basketball decisions. They make the right moves. Um, hopefully we can see you know, Tyrese back out on the floor soon with this, with this calf injury. But uh, no, I think LaMelo has absolutely distanced himself. Um, Kings fans might be able to maybe hold on to hope that maybe they can get a co a co rookie of the year, like a Grant Hill and Jason Kidd. But um, no, I think LaMelo's got it right now. Uh, he's kind of running away with it. 
If you've listened to me have Sean Cunningham on the Locked On Kings podcast before, you know I gush about uh, just the guy he is, the content that he provides. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to working more with you, Sean, with Lena, with ABC10 uh, here in Sacramento going forward, continuing to to grow the Locked On Kings podcast uh, through this this Tegna umbrella. And I always appreciate your input, you coming on. I look forward to uh, doing it again. I look forward to seeing you back at the Golden One Center, hopefully here uh, in the near future. Uh, appreciate all you do, my man. Thank you so much for taking the time again. Oh, far too kind for you for, uh, from you, Matt. I appreciate it. And, yeah, I'm looking. Hopefully, when we get regular times, we can have some. As a new member to the Techno family, we'll have some rookie hazing. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I genuinely look forward to it versus talking to myself and and looking at a camera constantly by myself. So I will absolutely take it, Sean. Thank you again. It is always a pleasure to have Sean Cunningham on. I look forward to more of the partnership in the future, including some Locked on Kings content on ABC 10 that might be coming your way. I don't want to spoil anything. It's all in the works, but I think you're going to enjoy some of the content that this partnership is going to be able to provide for you. Besides that, Sean Cunningham is just a phenomenal resource if you're a Kings fan for all the coverage, the inside information uh, that you could possibly ask for. Check out Sean on Twitter. Follow him on social media. Check out his work on ABC.com. He and Lena Washington do a phenomenal job over there and I'm not just saying that because we're partners now look I've been fans of theirs and I've been supporting uh, ABC 10 and and gushing about Sean Cunningham for years here on this podcast so support them check them out if you want to respond to anything that Sean and I talked about on today's podcast please do so at Matt George Radio on Twitter is how you can reach me or you can email me your questions or comments mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com we went long today we'll be back with another guest tomorrow We're going to talk a little bit about John Collins in Atlanta and whether or not the Sacramento Kings could and should potentially make a move for that big man. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you soon. My name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.